0: you know the fuck that nigga play on me man all right fucker let's get it yeah sir what's popping with y'all welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the Until Further Noise podcast. I am the flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest host of them all, OG Hash, man. You know what the fuck it is, man. What's up with the people, man? How y'all doing out there, bro? It's episode 56, bro. We're on the grind of 100, man. This shit won't stop for a motherfucking soul, bro. (laughs) We're on the grind of 100, man. Week in and week out, but we're getting closer and closer to the ultimate goal, and that's reaching the 100th episode of this podcast, man. So I'm going to say shout out to everybody has been tapped in. since day, motherfucking me, one for real. You know what I'm saying? That's been enjoying this journey, that's been tapped in on this journey. And shout out to my first time listeners and my last time listeners, bro. It really don't matter to me. Just shout out to y'all taking the time out your day to come fuck with the kid. You know what I'm saying? Uh hope y'all out there looking good, feeling good, staying safe. Man, it's a whole lot of shit going on out here in these streets, but And I say a whole lot of shit, yeah, I mean a whole lot of shit. You got the crate challenge fucking niggas up. You got the Delta variant fucking niggas up. You got STDs, HIV is clapping niggas the fuck up. <laughs> Niggas is getting know your clap the fuck up, B. Don't let it fool you. <laughs> that shit didn't stop at all. <laughs> but it's a lot of shit going on, man. So I want to say shout out to everybody around the world that's tapped in and joined the motherfucking conversation. Man. I truly appreciate it. Let's keep building this empire. Break by motherfucking me. Break. I say that week in and week out because it's actually working. I'm speaking this shit into fruition, man. Let's keep building this motherfucking me empire. Break by motherfucking me. Break now, maybe let's do it on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, audio, Mac. It don't matter to me, bro. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Motherfucking me channel. Uh, however, you can watch this one on Until FN YouTube channel. Whoop! <laughs> uh, subscribe, ring that bell, leave a like, comment, all that shit. All that look corny, funny shit the YouTubers be saying, yeah, insert that right there, my boy. <laughs> insert that shit right there, my boy. <laughs> I'm been slashing on Doc, bro. I got a lot of shit for y'all, bro. What we got? We got. I'm Shikari Richardson. We got motherfucking me as Kevin Durant, the greatest score of all time. We're going to get into the crazy challenge as fucking niggas the fuck up. Herschel Walker running for UN, sitting down there in Georgia. Nellis, Noel, Soaring Rich, Paul, ESPN letting go of Rachel Nichols. <gasps> <laughs> I told y'all there's going to be more to come this story. Didn't I tell y'all that shit? <laughs> but We're going to get into that a little bit later in the podcast, but real shit. Uh, we got the first family of the motherfucking NBA, the Currys, going through turmoil. Like, when will it stop? <laughs> um, it's fight week with Tyron, Willie, and Jake Paul. It's a lot of shit going on, bro. I really don't know where we're gonna start this week. We got the quick hitters at the end. It's a lot of shit going on, bro. Um, you know, we might as well get into Shakari Richardson, bro. I feel like that was probably the biggest story that ha- happened over the past weekend. Um, so let's motherfucking start the podcast there, bro. Let's get into Shakari Richardson, bro. Shakari Richardson, um, she ran 11 14 and finished ninth at the Nike Pre-Fontaine Classic. It was bad, bro. I'm not even gonna fake it. It was bad. It was. It was one of those things to where it wasn't even close. Like it was. It's not even about Thompson. Hurrah, smoking her ass like that. Because that's who came in first and ran the second fastest time. I'm knocking the camera over. and ran and ran the second fastest time in women's history. And you know, what I'm saying women's tracking and, track and field history and 100 meter history. So it's not. That's not even the story because she. Everybody smoked her. So you can't even really put your eyes on the number one winner because, nigga, one through eight smoked Shakari ass. Like, it wasn't even a close race. And I, it it wasn't even close. And, like, I'm not even bringing this up on the podcast because she lost, man. Like, on some real shit, I was kind of struggling with how I was going to start this topic off because I didn't know, I, I wanted to make sure it was clear that I'm not talking about this woman for losing a fucking match, losing a race. I've seen too many greats lose to do that shit. LeBron James is four and six in the finals. Kobe was five and two. Tim Duncan was—he lost in the finals, nigga. I didn't see Serena Williams lose. Tiger Woods lose. The only mother Mike Tyson got his ass whooped before, knocked the fuck out. Muhammad Ali got beat beat before. The only motherfuckers who ain't lost is Mike Michael Jordan and Floyd Mayweather. That's the only niggas that ain't lost. Everybody ain't like them, okay? <laughs> so I, I'm not even talking about this type bringing her up on this podcast because she lost. Hell no. The reason why I'm questioning her professionalism and asking, Was this more proof that Shakari simply isn't a pro, is because what happened after the race. You know, after she got her ass smoked, bro, she had her her um her post-race interview, I guess what that, I guess that's what you would call it, which she had been doing all year long. I have I have been watching them all year long when she was running, she was doing them. So I'm happy she did the shit when she lost. I'm I'm very happy she did that. But the shit she was saying and the arrogance that she was displaying, instead of showing humble humbleness. It's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? You got you got Shelly Ann, Frazier Price, and them walking behind her uh, laughing at her and shit because you're a joke. You just got your ass rolled the fuck up. In track terms, you just got rolled the fuck up by everybody. You had the most hype, and you just got rolled the fuck up by everybody. And like I said, it's not about you losing the race. It's about the shit you did after the race. So immediately following the race, you did a, a fucking post, uh, post-race interview. And you just talking about motherfuckers still talk that shit. I'm still going to be here. You can't count me out. That shit sound good in your head. But ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. Ain't nobody trying to hear that shit after you had just got suspended for missing the Olympics with smoking weed. Taking yourself out the race. Taking yourself out the motherfucking race. And you got all this other extra time to train and all this shit just to get your ass smoked like this. Motherfuckers don't want to hear you popping your shit and hear your charisma and your cockiness coming up. Because now I come out as arrogant. It was cocky when you was rolling, motherfuckers. When you lose and you're still doing that shit, it's just arrogance and ignorance that the motherfuckers don't want to pay no attention to. So then when you combine that with the shit that happened after that, when the second motherfucking post, uh, post-race interview, she still did. She was still making excuses and shit like that. And still just not showing any humbleness in her interviews. You got Allison Felix going on. I believe that was Jimmy Kimmel supporting her. Talking about Let's give her the the support that she actually needs, or some shit like that. And basically, Shakari posting her on her story, motherfucking basically some that the, the, basically talking about Alice that was fake, that was fake love. That's basically what she was saying, bro. Basically, talking about motherfuckers going on on TV shows saying that shit. That's good as well not saying that shit at all because basically it wasn't said in, in confidence and in, and in, 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 in private one on one conversation with her and Allison Felix between Shakari and Allison Felix, I should say. But it's like, with all those actions, it's like, you're not being a, profet- a pro about this shit. And I'm not surprised that she's acting the way she's acting, bro. I'm, I'm truly not. Because we're talking about a woman who had the biggest risk of her life, and she she purposely disqualified herself. She purposely did this shit. Like, I, it comes a point in time where you got to question motherfuckers' professionalism. Because with her, her, the reason her being suspended, the, the whole weed situation... This is I'm a motherfucker that smokes weed on a daily basis. I, I stay high. I stay high. But when you're a professional athlete, my nigga, it's just certain lines you can't cross during certain parts and time of the year. If you got the Olympics coming up, fam, you can't get disqualified because you smoke weed. You can't go smoke that blunt. And like I said, I understand why she was feeling the way she felt as somebody who's lost a parent. Fam, I totally understand. That shit can fuck you up. But we've seen too many times and too many instances where professional athletes have lost loved ones and went out there on the field, went out there on the court, went out there on the track, went out there and just performed and dominated in the octagon, in the ring, and, and dedicate their performance to their fallen loved one. That's the that's the difference between being a pro and being a regular motherfucker. You're not a professional athlete because you run fast, Shakari Richardson. That's not why you're a pro. You know, you're you're a pro because you have not only can you run fast, you have to be able to get in front of the media and conduct yourself as a pro. You're held to a different standard. Just because you run fast don't mean motherfuckers is gonna you, you you're just a pro. No, it is you have to learn how to be a professional athlete. I don't give a fuck what sport it is, man. That's why it's veterans around. That's why I be vets and shit. Like I just talked about last week where you, has Haslam, uh it, it being on the NBA team. You need veterans around to teach motherfuckers how to become a pro. How, who's been around the game. So when you got Allison Fears going on national television trying to support you and shit, and you turn around basically saying, nah, bitch, fuck you. What are you doing? Because your office is not hell this well. You, you get suspended for weed. You're missing the biggest race of your motherfucking life. You come back weeks later against basically the, the whole fucking Olympic... Um, Olympic medal stand and get fucking smoked, and you still talking shit? No, that's not what you're supposed to do right now. That's not what you're supposed to do right now. As of right now, in Shakari Richardson's track and field career, she is not pre- resembled a professional athlete. She just hasn't. And I, and I and look, I love seeing a black woman out there running fast with the long highlighted head with the long ass nails. I love that shit. That's just that's just track, that's just track culture, bro. They all do that shit. I love seeing that shit. Looking like straight superheroes. I love that shit. But it's a certain point, it's a standard that comes with that, baby. And you're not upholding that standard. And I don't know who's in your circle. I don't know who, who's around you. If you got yes men around you or yes women around you, but they're not telling you the real. And as of right now in 2021, what's this August 20th? What's today's date? August 25th, you're not showing, you're not resembling a professional athlete. You're just not. Everybody rallied around you because you got suspended, because you smoked some weed, and motherfuckers found out your mother died, and everybody was sympathetic. Everybody turned on you now because of the shit you did after your race. Yeah, you got the few motherfuckers who just, you lost, motherfuckers don't want to hear from you, but the real motherfuckers is not fucking with you because of the way you acted after you lost. You're you, you showing too much arrogance and shit like that. Just take your fucking L and move on. All that cussing in the, post, the post-race the post interviews and shit like that, telling motherfuckers basically suck your dick and shit like that, that shit not going to get you nowhere but get more haters. That's not going to get you nowhere but more haters, and that's going to really make you fumble the fucking bag because Nike supported you after that shit you did at, uh it suspended from the Olympics. Nike supported you, and you went to a Nike event and got your ass smoked and then p- behaved poorly in the post-race interviews. So it's like at this point in time you all you're already starting off bad. You starting off bad and I want to see you succeed. I don't want to see I don't want to see this shit fizzle out and this could have and it's going to be a, a what could have been story. Because at this point in time it's it's looking like that because you already fucked up the biggest race of your life. The Olympics is not every year, my dude. Like I think motherfuckers don't understand the like, Olympics only come around every 4 years. Just because you fast as a motherfucker today, don't mean you finna be that same speed and, 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 and be the same be uh as healthy as you are now four years from now. It's gonna be another motherfucker, Shakari Richardson come around and it's gonna be smoking shit. So it's like when motherfuckers get these opportunities, fam. I talk about it all the time. When motherfuckers get these opportunities, bro, you can't act like this shit was, is, was supposed to be given to you. No, this shit's an opportunity to become one of the best athletes of all time. That's what this was for Shakari Richardson. And she fumbled that shit. Now it's not too late. She still got multiple. She got time. She's still young. But that shit don't just work out for everybody. Just because you are still young don't mean you still gonna have this same uh uh, uh you still gonna have the same prime form in four years from now. Some niggas get better, some niggas get worse. We've seen it happen. No matter the sport, we've seen this shit happen when niggas be flashing the motherfucking pant. So it, my, my question is. Is the events that just transpired with Shakari Richardson just more proof that at this point in time, she simply isn't a motherfucking pro? That's the question. That's the motherfucking me question, bro. Real shit. Um, moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get into uh, fight week, bro. We got to get into fight week, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm hype as fuck, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. Earlier today, earlier today, bro, I watched the motherfucking... Um, I watched the what's that shit? The media day for the for the boxing shit where you had Tyron Willie out there. Yeah, a guy into the motherfucking uh the ring working on this shit. You know, so for the whole Jake Paul and Tyron Willie fight that's coming up this Sunday on motherfucking me uh Showtime. I'll be honest with you. I'm nervous, man. <laughs> I'm nervous as fuck, bro. I've never been this nervous for a fight in a long Last time I was this nervous for a motherfucking me fight was Kamara Usman versus Kobe Covington, bro. That was the last time I was this nervous for a fucking fight, bro. And I'm going to tell you why I'm so nervous. It's the whole black and white dynamic of it, bro. I know, I know, I know. how you immature, hat you ignorant, hat you be promoting hate. I heard it all before. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Anytime it's a black dude versus a white dude, fam, I-, I can't do nothing but go to the race relations. <laughs> I can't do nothing but go to the race relations department of this podcast, bro. It needs to go down, it needs to go down in favor of Tyron Willie He got too much on the line, bro. Like the close, I forgot all about this fight, first of all. Like, let me make sure I said it. I know I talked about this shit a few weeks ago, but since then I forgot all about this shit. But now that this shit is actually here. It's like I'm just I got pent-up energy. Like this shit has to go down with a knockout from Tyron Willie I don't want to see a motherfucker me drawn out fight. I don't want to see this nigga get caught with no punches. He needs to knock Paul, uh, Jake Paul ass out in the first round. He needs to. He he has to. He absolutely has to. And the reason why he has to, bro, is because, like on, on a serious level, but, but not even joking about the whole you know black and white shit. On a serious level, I think this fight will either. If he's taking this seriously and it's not just a payday and he really want to do this boxing shit like he he say he want to do, which I, I kind of believe him because, yeah, you're getting paid, but he's training his ass off, bro. I don't think Floyd Mayweather and them be fucking with him like that if this is just a one-time thing. That's that's just my honest opinion. But I think Tyron Wooley needs to win this fight simply because his ego, bro. I don't see how you can go from being a former champion to losing five fights in a row. I don't see a nigga losing three fights in a row. He was a former champion, but I seen him retiring, Willie. But once you say you lose four straight fights in the UFC, then you cross over to boxing and you lose to a fucking Disney YouTube star. Nah, bro. Like it comes a certain point in time where we gotta take this shit back to the basics. Like this shit, this shit is about your pride. This shit about what you got inside your chest. Because I don't give a fuck who you are. If you were a nigga that's been fighting for. 20 plus years well, not he ain't been fighting, but you combine his fighting plus his wrestling career. That's 20 plus years of experience right there. That's 20 plus years of experience. Tyron Willie, he tyran Willie know what it feels like to get knocked on his shit, punching his fucking face to where he, he riled the fuck up, but he got to bounce back. He knows what it takes to bounce back from that. Jake Paul doesn't. So it, it just comes apart in time where it's like, do you've done too much in combat sports to lose to a nigga with relatively no experience? relatively no experience you, you you flamed out so bad in ufc my boy that niggas was walking you down niggas was walking tyron woodley down to the point where it was embarrassing to watch it was sad to watch as a tyron Woodley fan and i'm a tyron Woodley fan that's why i'm going so hard to watch no you gotta win this i, I you you a nigga in my life that i looked up to as a childhood hero i can't keep seeing you go out like this Like i can make a case to where oh, he lost to kamaru usman Kobe Covington, motherfucking me, uh, uh, Gilbert Burns, and Vicente Luque, them is top niggas. All of them niggas either fought for the belt, got the belt, or next in the line to fight for the belt. So, them niggas, I can't make a case for a nigga losing to niggas like that when you're on your downside of your career. I can't make a case and excuse for a nigga losing to Jake Paul. I can't. Like, there's nothing you can say. You got kids, bro. That ain't got kids that's coming up the streamline, that's going to that's go to college. you got kids that's on social media, you can't get your ass whooped by a social media star, bro. You got to do this for your kids. (laughs) This is for the kids, bro. (laughs) This ain't for nobody. If it ain't for you, if it ain't for me, Tyron, do it for the kids, bro. You can't let the kids see you get your ass whooped by a Jake Paul Disney star YouTube. I don't give a fuck. If he got 20 pounds on you, I don't give a fuck about that, bro. You are too decorated of a fucking champion of a combat mixed martial artist. Mixed martial artist to go out there and get your head knocked off by Jake Paul. And I ain't trying to disrespect Jake Paul at that. Jake Paul got a nice little right overhand hook. He do. But to compare to Tyron Willie, nah, bro. Like I, I, all that shit I said leading up to this, leading up to fight week to try help sell the fight, yeah, that was all bullshit. But now that fight week is here, and nigga, and this fight go down this Sunday. Nah, you got you got to fight for Ferguson, my bro. My look, cause I don't even like calling it Ferguson. I feel like niggas ain't even really recognizing this Ferguson until uh, Mike Brown got killed. Rest in peace, God. Got, you know, God rest his soul. President condolence to all his, his family and friends. But it's like you got to fight for us. <laughs> you represent us. But I can't be going around telling motherfuckers I'm from Ferguson. You go out and get your ass whooped. Because when I tell motherfuckers I'm from Ferguson, motherfuckers always bring up Tyron Woolley. The fight fans, they put, like, oh, Tyron Woolley on town? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. That that, that nigga, man. <laughs> but it's like on some real shit. Just like as as a as a fight fan, a, a fan of the game, as a Tyron Woolley fan, the St. Louis native, my boy. Come on, man. Like, not, not this one. If you if you go, if there's any fights you gotta win, win this one, bro. Because this right here is gonna be your biggest payday, and this can also be your biggest fucking. This can be your biggest failure as well. It's that. It's literally that simple. This can be your biggest fucking payday, and it help you leap uh, leap fall into another uh, another sport on a on a big stage on a professional level, or it can be your biggest fucking failure, bro. Like I, I, there's there's no other way to slice it. The pressure is definitely on. And I need to, and, I, and I, at this stage of point in Tyron Willie's career, I need to see how he's going to react to that. Because this isn't this isn't just a uh this isn't just a, a old fighter who's you know just stepping into a, a post-retirement boxing match. No, this is an old fighter who's been getting his ass whooped for like the last two, three years. Like Tyron Willie ain't won to fight in like two, three years. So this ain't the, the nigga that's gonna walk into that ring on Sunday. I don't know who, who who to expect. And that pains me to say it. Somebody I looked up to as a as a, as a kid. To see this nigga in, in a human form come to my school and talk to us, bro. And I was in awe. And been in awe ever since I seen him that first time, bro. So for me to say I don't know what to expect from this nigga once he gets into that ring, like, I don't feel confident saying he going to win that fight. I, I don't. Because I know he should. He should have won his last two fucking fights. But the nigga, he just, you know what I mean? Just ain't even pulling that trigger. It's the it, 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 one of the saddest things you can ever see is when a dog loses fight, bro. When when a dog loses fight, it's some of the saddest shit you can ever see in your life, bro. Real motherfucking talk. So I hope that's not the case with Tyron Willie. I hope at least for one fucking fight left, he can pull that shit out and all as well as get a big ass payday, get some of his fucking fighting pride and dignity back. Because the last couple of times niggas ain't seen you in the octagon or even in fighting in a fighting stance, even you getting your ass whooped. So you gotta do this for the hometown, bro. I'm running with the home team. I'm definitely gonna be tapped in, tuning in, watching that shit. Because at this point in time, it don't matter what Tyron and Willie do, bro. I gotta support this because I know where he came from. I lived on the same streets as this nigga. I walked them same blocks as that nigga. So if he if he made it, I gotta support. But you still got to win this fucking fight, nigga. <laughs> Fuck the bullshit. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk. <laughs> uh, moving on, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get to ESPN dropping Rachel Nichols, bro. We got to talk about that shit. Look, man, I talked about this when this shit all first kicked off. Bro. I talked about this up on the podcast, bro. Uh, you had the whole Rachel Nichols, her and the LeBron James correspondent being uh, secretly vid- uh, recorded. Um, to where she's basically saying they was giving Maria Taylor the job due to diversity reasons and things like that. Um, And I knew when I brought that on the podcast, bro, that was one of those stories that I knew it was going to be more to come because it's been a lot of shit going on at ESPN. Like, you got the whole Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith shit. I don't know if nobody's paying attention to that shit, but when I talked about that show on the podcast about Max Kellerman, you know, it was reports that he going to be getting uh, removed from first taking shit like that. Stephen A. Smith ain't been on that bitch since. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith ain't been on, on, on first take since that news came out, bro. And I don't want to hear if this nigga ain't been nowhere. He's been doing hella interviews and hella podcasts since that news came out. He got, and now obviously some of that shit probably was recorded prior to that news coming out. But motherfuckers is asking Stephen A. Smith directly about that shit. They, they literally asked him about all the reports about max leaving and shit like that and he giving the pc answers like he he not gonna discuss that he can't discuss that that's between max and you know what i'm saying uh espn uh you know big bosses and shit like that so he dancing around the situation but it's some real funny shit going on up there bro um because this whole rachel Nichols shit it was reported today that she's being removed from uh all espn shit, and they uh they they fucking canceled the jump the Jump was one of those shows that I actually enjoyed. I, I, I didn't fuck with Rachel Nichols as a person, but that show I fucked with because I felt like that was one of the few shows that they just allowed motherfuckers to have a little bit more fun. You know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a basketball show, but it was, it was was they had a little bit more fun on that shit. Um, with Kendrick Perkins, Richard Jefferson, when Paul Priss was on that motherfucker, when T-Mac was on that motherfucker, uh, Robert Ory, Scottie Pippen. Like, when they bring the motherfuckers on there, this shit be kind of cool and it be kind of entertaining. Uh, so see them canceling that show is kind of surprising because um, I understood that when um, it was like a week or two ago, yeah, it came up that Malika Andrews was going to be doing the jump for a whole week straight. And they only gave her like, what, three three days, three, four days? I think they probably gave her a week and a half. I, ain't gonna, I think she did all last week and probably only did like two, week, two episodes this week. Whatever the case may be, she was killing that shit. And when I seen that, I was like, oh, shit, Rachel really in trouble. Because she lost her job to Maria Taylor, but Maria Taylor ended up leaving as soon as the finals was over. And I was wondering what the fuck was up with that. I asked her on this podcast, was did she just get a bigger bag? Because it was clear, it was clear that black women was was ending up winning that fucking race, that winning that battle, I should say, up at ESPN. They were they was taking over. Maria Taylor took a Rachel Nichols' spot. Fucking Malika Andrews was getting the fucking core side, uh, the course shit with all the coaches, and she did the NBA uh finals trophy presentation. Like the black women was starting to be all over ESPN, all over that motherfucker. And we when, when Malika, when Malika started doing the jump, I was like, oh shit, it's over Rachel. So but so I wasn't too surprised that they ended up letting go of Rachel, but to see if they got rid of the jump as well. It's like, okay, what the fuck is really going on up there? Is they really just trying to get rid of everything that had to do with Rachel Nichols for the time being? Because she was was saying some shit that could have got ESPN some hot fucking water. You got a lot of motherfuckers saying that ESPN didn't handle the situation properly, which, I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know what was the proper way to handle this shit because I don't see it going no different if it was a black woman that said the shit that Rachel Nichols said. It probably would have been a lot worse in shit would have got done a lot faster because she said what she said and they just said it was they, they just only did the ESPN release a statement on that shit i don't think they did i think she just came, just came on a jump like the next day and apologized for it with like a, a two a two-line apology and that was the end of it but i mean i knew it was gonna be more to come but at, on, on face value there was nothing else to come from that story so when you see all this shit going down in T leaves, it's like, okay, what the fuck is really going on at ESPN? Because they got they got Stephen A. Smith as they like, they put his ass on ice. He ain't on TV. He ain't saying shit. He ain't on Twitter. He ain't saying shit. He ain't saying a motherfucking thing. And he already the fucking cash cow over there, when you take away Rachel Nichols, bro, it's only gonna be Stephen A. Smith and motherfucking me, Jalen Rose, who really got keeping the lights on at that motherfucker. And Greenie as well. But ESPN ain't doing a lot of motherfucking roster movement over at at that motherfucker, bro. And they've been doing that for the last couple years. They're losing a lot of motherfucking talent. I'm eager to see where Rachel Nichols goes because no matter how much I don't like her as a person, she's exceptional in her job. And I've seen her. She was on TNT before. She might go back to TNT. She may go to fucking uh, CNN. For some reason, I see a lot of motherfucking people from, from ESPN on CNN all the fucking time. Stephen a smith used to be on cnn will kane ass on cnn and rachel nichols used to be uh, on cnn on a regular on cnn so i can see her going multiple multiple fucking routes i don't see her going to nbc <laughs> that's what maria taylor has said i don't see her doing that but I, it is it is i am eager to see where she goes because she is a, she is a big talent into the in that industry and I, I'm, I'm eager to see what the fuck espn has to say about releasing her because they didn't say much about the whole situation in the first place but it's clear that they're actually they're either siding with African American women or they're just trying to keep their bottom dollar, keep their bottom line intact. I don't know at this point in time. But it is some funny shit going on that motherfuckers need to be talking about. Because when you see how they're handling the whole Rachel Nichols situation, and you see how they're handling the whole first take situation, somebody finna get fired in, in, in motherfucking me uh in, in public relations. <laughs> Somebody in public relations for ESPN figure they had as far because they have this shit horrible. I don't know what the fuck going on with that first take shit. Like I said, ever since that news came out about Max, you ain't seen Stephen A. Smith on that motherfucker with Max Kellerman yet. They keep throwing another black nigga on that motherfucker. I don't even know who that nigga is. But they just keep throwing random motherfuckers on there. And it's like, well, damn, is this Max last couple days? Like, what the fuck is truly going on? When is this nigga getting removed from the show? And why is he not doing his final shows with Stephen A. Smith? Why are they throwing in replacements? You can't say you're on fucking vacation. They just came back from vacation. So what the fuck is really going on at ESPN right now? I don't know. <laughs> like motherfuckers is look. I think they under fire. I'ma say this and then move on because I don't really want to keep talking about this shit that much longer. I think ESPN is under fire, bro. I think they, I think they have, I think they're having a hard time figuring out how to handle this shit because these are some of their highest talents. This, this, they, this, they, this, they talent. Like ESPN, don't really have the the roster that they used to have. Like I remember growing up, I mean, feel like everybody was on ESPN. It feel like every fucking body was on ESPN. When you had Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, Chris Broussard, fucking uh uh, uh Rachel Nichols, uh what was the other white girl name? Um, uh, what was the fucking – I mean, I can't even think of the other white girl name who who, who did get up when it first came out. Her dad is like the owner of the motherfucking me Spurs or some shit like that. But it's, or, or, or gas. Yeah, I think the owner of the, is he the owner of the Spurs? Michelle Beadle. Michelle, I don't know if her dad owned Spurs, but I know he got a lot of fucking money. He do gas and shit like that. He had a, he had an oil company and shit like that with gas. But it's like when they had her, Michelle Beadle, they had Jalen Rose and all them niggas on there. You had the Jake Williams and all that. It felt like over the last couple of years. When they had Rob Parker and all that. It's like over the last couple of years, and Colin Cowherd, all them niggas, bro. Honestly, it's like over the last couple of years, but it's like Fox just been taking the hot talent. It's like all the hot talent that was on ESPN has been going to Fox, and I can see Rachel Nichols either going to Fox or going back to TNT. But it's like I feel like ESPN really needs to get this shit under control because they don't got Jameel Hill no more. They don't got the His and her show no more. They don't got my boy Michael Smith no more. So it's like. You only got Stephen A. Smith now. Are you still you trying to build Kendrick Perkins to something? But nah, that ain't that ain't the end all be all move. So I don't know what the fuck ESPN gonna do, but they had some hot shit. And I want to know what the fuck they gonna say about releasing Rachel Nichols. And I want to know what they what they feel about this entire situation. Period. Because why did y'all let this woman go? Why is Maria Taylor not there? Why did y'all get rid of the jump and just not give that shit to uh, Malika Andrews full time? Like what? What the fuck is really going on up there? But I don't know. It's too. It, I don't. I, it's it's above my pay grade, as they say. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk. <laughs> um. But moving on, man. You know, I want to get into a topic that. You know, I want to get to a topic that I didn't. I never thought I would actually get into, and it's about Obama. And my question is, what did Obama really do? Now, when I say that, I feel like that's one of those things that I think that black people had, not all black people, but I think majority of black people who weren't, who didn't know shit about politics, who didn't know anything, who just voted because Obama was black. I think a lot of people had a, 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 a weird sense that shit would be completely different after Obama or when Obama got into office. So expectations were just a little bit off. When I I feel like that's I feel like one of those things that motherfuckers just agree on because they had that mindset was that Obama didn't do shit for us and for a while, bro, I kind of felt like that too. And before I continue, bro, I know this is totally, totally random as fuck compared to what we just talked about. Like, when the fuck did you go from Rachel Nichols and ESPN to Obama and what he did for black people? <laughs> Nowhere but the until for another podcast, my boy. <laughs> um. <clears throat> But all seriousness, it's like, I feel like, well, in all seriousness, that was, I was one of those people. Like, I was one of those people who just automatically said, Obama ain't do shit for me. He ain't change shit. He ain't do none of that. But it was, for some reason, but earlier, bro, I just had to think about it. And it just came to my mind. Like, Obama just came to my mind. I think I was flipping through HBO or some shit, and it was an Obama doc or something like that that I seen. I almost started watching. it, But I had to think to myself, like, well, what the fuck did Obama really do? now outside of political shit, because we all know he did with you know obamacare and things like that and he he helped on the political level and i do understand when it comes to presidency and in politics a lot of times motherfuckers that actually do something the person after them actually reaps the benefit uh reaps the rewards and praise for that shit like a lot of shit that trump was getting praised for was 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 because of obama it's just he didn't did to get to see the shit out see the shit play out because that's how it works sometimes when you when the presidents do some shit the next president usually get credit for that shit because the, the plan has to actually be executed and actually has to work his, and play itself out but when it came to, when it comes to Obama fam and when I had to, and I asked myself like what did he really fucking do i had to i had to stop thinking about politics bro Like, on some real shit, bro, I never understood the impact that that kids after me, younger than me, I, I never understood the impact it would truly have on them to see a black president. Like, you got motherfuckers that was born into seeing a black president, fam. Like, I remember George Bush. I remember that shit. Like I, 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 I remember I was I was I remember understanding what the fuck was going on, all that shit. So my I look at shit a little bit different. But but the one thing I say that they did, bro, because I think about my my little my, like my little brother for instance. That nigga don't know shit but hope. <laughs> that nigga don't know shit but I can be anything I want to be. He don't know shit but a gold standard, which is a Barack Obama. So it's like when I see that and I think about where what's the direction of the motherfucking of, 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 of the culture going into, I get happy again. Because as much bullshit as, as much as the as bullshit you see going around the news about the the the, the just the, the bullshit, the crate challenge, the niggas toting dracos, the niggas smoking Zaza, the rappers that's getting locked up, that's, that's blowing opportunities, the, the, the athletes that's blowing big-ass opportunities, and you see all the, the bullshit, the muffles that be on that bullshit. Sometimes you forget about the the, the, the people in the, the younger generation, bro, That's want to be doctors, that want to be lawyers, that want to be the next president, That that's, that's looking at Kamala Harris and looking at her like, oh, shit, I can be second in command. Like, it's, it's a young black girl looking at Kamala Harris right now. Like, yo, I can be second in command. I can do that shit. Like, I didn't see that shit growing up. It was always a white man. You know what I'm saying? Old-ass white dude. Besides Obama, it was always an old-ass white dude. So just seeing Obama look for a nigga like I me, mean, you can look at, some people can look at that as a, that's a token black dude. Well, it happened once, it never happened again. Because that's you get conditions of, of seeing just a white dude in that seat. But when you a black, when you a young black kid, and you just see a black person can run the country, got the most powerful seat in the world, and who got the second most powerful seat in the world, it's like, what the fuck? That shit has that shit that shit has to make the mind do wonders, fam. And I know, and I know that's not some shit we usually talk about on this podcast, bro. But I wanted to make sure I brought it up because I feel like I spent too much of my time, of my life, too much time in my life, I should say. Talking about what Obama didn't do, how he didn't make life easier for me, you know what I'm saying? Like stupid shit, some ignorant shit. But when you truly think about the hope in the in the dreams that that man instilled into our culture, that shit is unmatched, bro. Like it, it's truly unfucking matched, bro. Like I, I I know it's I know I'm not giving you a dope a, a dope ass take that you probably ain't heard before because I think everybody to a certain level understand the amount of hope that Obama. Instilled into our community, but I think it's not said enough. Like I think motherfuckers know, but motherfuckers don't say it enough. Like I think a lot of times in our culture, bro, we have a lot of we have a lot of examples of not giving people their flowers enough. And I feel like for some strange fucking reason, bro, we praise niggas, we praise LeBron and and motherfucking me Kanye West and Jay Z and all them niggas way more than we praise Obama. Like, look, I don't know why. I don't know what the fuck it is, bro. I don't know if motherfuckers think he's just too goody-two-shoe. I don't know if it ain't cool enough. I don't know what the fuck it is, bro. I don't know, cause I, I gotta be honest. Even talking about this show on the podcast right now, I feel a little bit weird talking about the shit. I don't even—I don't even feel right talking about Obama right now, and that's weird as fuck to me. That's weird as fuck to me for for a man that has accomplished what he's accomplished and what he's done for our our culture, for our race of people. He don't get talked about enough. Like, he just don't. He, he for, for for him to go through his presidency, two fucking terms. Two fucking terms. No scandals. He ain't murdering nobody. He paid his taxes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it wasn't no grabbing nobody by the pussy. He wasn't getting no hair from the little secretaries. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was some clean cut shit. It was some clean... Cut shit. The mostly how that niggas when he admitted to smoking some weed in college, it was a, that was a clean cut nigga who did absolute wonders for us that just don't get celebrated enough. We talk about the most bullshit of the bullshit. Also, we talk about Kanye West. Bruh, if I see one more clip of Kanye West making his fucking album at the Atlanta Falcon Stadium, bro, I'm going to go fucking crazy. I'm going to go. Fu- Why is that so cool to every fucking body? The first time I saw it, okay. He grinded. The second time I saw it, he grinded. The third time I saw it, okay, bro. What the fuck is, okay. Is it really any difference in making your fucking album at the stadium than at a fucking studio if you got the money? Because you can build a fucking studio in the fucking stadium, fam. It's really not that amazing, y'all. <laughs> it truly isn't that fucking amazing. I'd rather, I rather know what Obama's doing on a day-to-day basis, bro. Real shit. Because I think it's I think it's important not to let that glamour of hope get lost. Because the more you don't, the more we don't talk about that, man. It's gonna be some. It's gonna be some kids that don't fully understand what the fuck it is he did. Don't don't let them don't don't let them make us forget Obama. Don't do that. Don't let them make us forget, bro. Cause that's exactly what the fuck they'll do. It's up to it's up to us to keep talking about Obama. It's up to us to keep making sure we put him on that same fucking pedestal we put Kobe. The same pedestal we put Michael Jordan. The same pedestal we put Michael Jackson and Prince and all them niggas. Luther Vandross. Skinny Luther, Big Luther. (laughs) The same pedestal we put Aretha Franklin. You know what I'm saying? Gladys Knight and the pips. You know what I'm saying? All them. The same fucking pedestal we put all them on, bro. Obama got to be over them. He got to be over them. I don't, it should be way more people talking about Obama on a day-to-day basis, fam. It just really should. I don't, I, now, if you, in, if you deep into politics and you know what I'm saying, you on a political level, you just didn't fuck with Obama, cool. I ain't, I'm ain't. I not here to debate that. It's in a political podcast. But when it comes to just being a black person in America, uh, uh if you got kids too, because I don't even got kids enough like that. I think about this shit looking at my little brother. His, life to his, his lifetime, he's seen this shit. So he, he got a whole different outlook on life than I do. So it's like, if you, if you a black person in America, fam, we have to do a better job of making sure Obama is, is giving his flowers on a day-to-day basis. It shouldn't go a point in time where we don't think about Obama. Obama should have his own fucking national holiday at this point. You got Martin Luther King Day. Why we don't got Barack Obama Day? He got we, we wait on him to die or something? Why the fuck we can't have Barack Obama Day right now? Why not? Kobe got three motherfucking days, bro. Rest in peace, Kobe. It was just two Kobe days back to back, 823 and 824. Kobe got three fucking days, bro. He got April 13th. He got his birthday on August 23rd, and he got Mamba Day on, on August 24th. He got three fucking days. He the only nigga I know with three days and two jerseys retired. He's a goat. <laughs> that nigga's a legend. But when it comes to Obama, nah, we shouldn't have to wait for Obama to pass away. Give that man a national holiday right now. I don't give a fuck if it's in Black History Month. Give that man a national holiday right fucking now, man. He deserves it. For what he's done for this culture, for what he's done for this country, he deserves that shit, bro. There's no ifs, ands, and buts around that shit. It's just truly fucking not, bro. It really is not. Um... <laughs> Yo, this next topic, bro. This shit is hard. My transitions, dog. <laughs> My transitions ain't shit, bro. <laughs> um, but I want to move on, bro. Let's get off the serious shit for a minute. Let's get back to some other shit, bro. Let's get into Nerlens Noel, bro. Um, it came out that Nerlens Noel is suing Rich Paul. Um, pretty much saying that he's... well, basically, he suing Rich Paul for like fifty-eight million, I believe. Um, it all came out after Rich Paul. You know, went to the Players Association and filed grievance that Nerlens Noel owed him 200k. Uh, that he did get his comp, his, uh, his, his uh, commission from the uh broker in the New York Knicks deal for Nerlens Noel. And Nerlens Noel responded with that shit with a countersuit of 58 million dollars, saying that basically uh, Rich Paul wasn't doing his job of helping him get you know contracts during during this point during a certain period of time, and also that he. Rich Paul, the story about this shit is Rich Paul is basically came up to him at a Ben Simmons birthday party and told him that Nurse Noel was worth a $100 million at the same point in time when Nurse Noel was actually um, negotiating a $70 million contract with the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I'm not sure if I came on this podcast and talked about that shit, but I do remember going on social media talking about the Nurse Noel situation because I always thought that was one of those situations that motherfuckers didn't really talk much about for him to be a, a big man. To be getting offered a 70 million dollar contract for somebody that got injury history, all types of shit. And that just wasn't even a star fucking player at that point in time. Getting offered 70 million dollars and he turned that shit down and ultimately had to pay for a one-year uh vet minimum or some shit like that. Not no uh, mid player, mid player level exception or some bullshit like that. He basically did a Dennis Schroeder before Dennis Schroeder. And I always wanted to know, like, what was the real story behind that? It comes out that basically when he had the 70 million dollar deal on the table rich paul told him you a hundred million dollar man that don't take that deal and nigga take the one-year deal and bail on yourself type shit." he said that's what rich paul said i don't believe rich paul said that it, anywhere it go even if rich paul did say that shit, at that point in time rich paul was not Nerlens Noel's. uh his, he wasn't his agent so you supposed to listen to your agent still that nigga not consulting you if he not your, even if you're not, uh, not being represented by him. He just giving you some advice. And at that point in time, nigga, you should just deem that as bad advice. That's why I always say niggas always saying that whole bet on yourself shit. That's not betting on yourself when you're making a dumbass decision. Nerlens Noel was an injury riddled big man with no offensive skill, no nothing flashy. He was just a, a run protecting big man. He not the best at it, he not the worst at it. He decent. He's decent. Niggas offering him 70 million dollars and he turned it down to sign a one-year deal for like four million dollars. In what world does that shit make sense? That's what niggas that the reason why I brought it up is because of that whole Dennis Schroeder shit. This is the same situation. It's this it's literally the same fucking situation. Niggas turning down all this money trying to bail on themselves in, the, in the in the in the in the uh in offseason, they're not taking into consideration. Who the fuck they are. You're not a star player. You're not even a healthy player. Nervous Noel turned down that contract and in the following season had to miss 42 games because he had a thumb injury. So he's not telling the whole story. Like, yeah, you went to Rich Paul, you turned down the contract, but then you got hurt, my boy. You can't blame Rich Paul because you got hurt. You got hurt. Like I don't even understand how, how he even feel like this is going to be a, a, a productive uh countersuit. This shit's not finna fly in court. You turned down a deal and you got hurt. That's not betting on yourself. That's literally doing some stupid shit because you getting hurt wasn't a shocker. You were injury riddled big man in the first place. So that's one reason why you're not finna finna win that lawsuit. And another reason is that nigga wasn't your agent when you turned down that deal. (laughs) You just wasn't. And you weren't complaining about him not trying to actually get you a contract. Until he told Joe S he won his money. I just think it's funny that when it comes to agents and, and, and players, this isn't the first time that motherfuckers have gotten bad advice. This isn't the first time that motherfuckers have turned down big deals and lost out on money. This isn't the first time this shit has happened. But I feel like the only reason why we're really hearing about this shit is because Rich Paul's an African American uh Asian he don't got he don't got the same amount of clients as CAA. He don't. It's because motherfuckers know Rich Paul and Rich Paul is an African-American man that motherfuckers want to try attach, to attach this situation to him. When in all actuality, the situation really has nothing to do with him. It's not his fault that Nerlens didn't sign that, that contract. He wasn't representing Nerlens at that time. So you can't place that on him. I think with stories like this coming out, that shit doesn't do anything but try to run him up under Rich Paul's name. Because at this point in time, I think Rich Paul is the best agent out there. He getting all the stars. He get all them niggas paid handsomely. I'm talking, it's, it's not even it's not even funny. It, it, I'm talking, it's not even it's not even it's, at this point in time, bro, it's fucking hilarious how he get these niggas paid. He get every single nigga that with that, that sign with clutch paid, bro. And they all end up playing with LeBron James somehow some way fighting for a ring. <laughs> like he he's killing this shit right now. So I when, I, when I, when I seen the whole Dennis Schroeder shit going down, I was thinking about the Nuz Noel situation. But now that this information came out that he's actually trying to sue Rich Paul for this shit. I think it's just I, it makes me even wonder more about Dennis Schroeder's situation because, like I said, we only know about this Dennis, uh, this Rich Paul shit because Rich Paul is black. We still to this day do not know who the fuck Dennis Schroeder agent is. Who is Dennis Schroeder agent? Who, who is his agent? Some white dude? A nigga we don't know. You suing Rich Paul because Rich Paul is a known commodity, a hot commodity in in, in in this sport, in this space. That's why that's why this shit is making news and, and shit like that because it's Rich Paul and Rich Paul's ultimately fucking connected to LeBron James, African American man who's making who, who's 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 become dominant in their in their in their workspace. But like I said, we don't know who Dennis Schroder agent is. The nigga that told him flat out to not take the, 89, the, uh, the $85 million contract during the pandemic. Where is he at? What's his name? Is Dennis Shooter suing that nigga? Because <laughs> that's, what, that's what we need to be talking about. Real shit. At the end of the day, bro, it really comes down to niggas got to stop making excuses and saying they betting on themselves when they really just making bad decisions, fam. That's all this shit come down to, bro. Take the money, my nigga. Word of advice to all my all my up-and-coming black athletes, take the money. I don't give a fuck what. I don't care. Take the money. Get traded later. Get traded later. Get traded later, fam. Because once you turn down that money, there's not a guarantee that you're going to be getting that, that, that bread back. It's just not. Niggas get hurt. Niggas just fall off. Niggas get traded to different systems. Can't can't perform no more. Niggas niggas get hurt. Like this shit happens. Take the fucking money and get traded later, bro. It's really that motherfucking simple. Ah, uh, moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get into this, bro. Is Kevin Durant the greatest scorer of all time? Hey, is he? Like. I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. For the last couple of years, you've been hearing it. You've been hearing motherfuckers talk about his Kevin at the greatest score of all time, and talk about how efficient he is. Uh, he's a three-level scorer. You know what I'm saying? Finish at the rim. Mid range is lethal. Three-point shot is lethal. The nigga jump shot is lethal. You're not really blocking his shot at all. Only things that can really contest his shot on a, on a on a consistent basis is Anthony Davis and, um, and Giannis at the Kumpo. Um, but for the most part. At, Kevin Durant just a walking bucket. He's always been a walking bucket. He was a walking bucket in college. He was a walking bucket when he first hit the league. He's been a walking bucket his whole career. Um, so he's definitely in the conversation for greatest scorers of all time. Now, you got as of recently, you know, the whole playoff series against Milwaukee, where he was just got there scorching niggas, tearing niggas a new asshole post-Achilles. Um, we all know what he did in Golden State. We all know what he did in Oklahoma City. But at this point in time, I think it's it's like the right time for kevin durant you know people got lebron getting old as fuck 19th year in the league people are finally starting to say that kevin durant is a better player than, than lebron james i still don't say that yet you know and I, I still don't believe that yet just because i believe when before lebron james got hurt due to solomon hill diving at his ankle he was the mvp of the season like motherfuckers had him at mvp before until he got hurt so i don't really think that Kevin Durant is a better player than LeBron James. Their numbers is pretty much the damn same. You look at their numbers throughout the season, LeBron, they points per game is around the same. We all know LeBron rebound more and, and assists more, so we all know that shit. So the scoring is pretty much around the same. Now, is Kevin Durant more efficient? It's not even, yeah, hell yeah. And that's saying a lot because usually LeBron James is very fucking efficient. So to say Kevin Durant is more efficient than LeBron James is saying a lot considering considering the fact that he takes a lot more jump shots, uh, but is Kevin Durant the greatest scorer of all time? In my opinion, I can't say that, bro. I think it's a lot of recency bias. When you look at the most fifty point game score, bro, Will Chandler got one hundred and eighteen, Michael Jordan got thirty one, Kobe Bryant got twenty five, James Harden got twenty three, Elgin Baylor got seventeen. And I believe I seen Kevin Durant only got six of them motherfuckers. He got six 50-point games. I didn't put it up on there because it wasn't even worth talking about. But I do believe let me look at this shit right fast, bro. I believe he got yeah, he got six. I'm looking at he got six fifty career, he got six career 50-point games, fam. He tied for 14th most in NBA history. But when you look at the Wilts, the Michael Jordan's the Kobe Bryans, the James Harris, the Elgin Baylors, like them niggas was buckets, fam. And I think a lot of times, bro, it's recency bias, obviously, because as of right now, there's not another player in the NBA who probably scores more efficient than um, than Kevin Durant. But James Harden is definitely on this list, man. James Harden is a three-level scorer times two because that nigga, he hit the free throw line all damn day. He had the free throw line all goddamn day. And James Harden got, I mean, 23 games where he scored 50-plus points. And some of those had triple-doubles attached to him. So I think it's a lot of efficiency. It's like, I'm sorry, a lot of recency bias coming along with people saying Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer of all time. I don't believe Kevin Durant's the greatest scorer of all time, but I do believe he's in that class. To me, when you talk about the greatest scores of all time, bro, you talking about obviously Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, Carmelo Anthony, Elgin Baylor, uh, uh, Lebron. Uh, LeBron um, fuck it, uh, Paul Pierce. Like to me, you got you got to really talk about the knowledge of the game, and I only just named a few motherfuckers. I didn't just I you got, I didn't even say Allen Iverson, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of T Mac, Vince Carter, like niggas was out there getting busy. And to me, when I look, when I think about Kevin Durant, bro, I think of T Mac. Like to, to me, Kevin Durant and T Mac got like, they got like the same type of game. Now, obviously, it was it was a lot more jumping ability with T Mac on his jump shot, especially he jumped hella high on his jump shot. But when it comes down to the Hezzy pull-ups and all that shit, that was T-Mac, bro. Like, T-Mac is the one who brought all that shit in. He was the, he- he the Hezzy guy before uh, before KD brought that shit in. Like, Kobe was taking that shit from T-Mac. Like, when you really go back and look at t Mac game, his, his skill set and all that shit, it's a lot of Kevin Durant. It's just Kevin Durant's seven foot doing that shit. He- it's unguardable because he's seven fucking foot doing that shit. But when I think about all, when I think about just the greatest scores of all time, bro, it's a lot of niggas in that list. Now it's a lot of niggas that Kevin Durant is over, but I don't think he's better than than than, than Kobe Bryant. For some reason, I just think niggas when you it's, when people talk about Kobe Bryant scoring, bro, they automatically go to all the shots he missed. Kobe did miss a lot of fucking shots, bro. He missed a lot of fucking shots. I, I'm gonna be honest, he missed a lot of shots. But that's 20 years of, of shooting, bro. That's 20 fucking years of a nigga that wasn't scared to take the biggest shots, a nigga that, that had that was out there with bombs, smush Parker, Chris Mim, and, and you know what I'm saying. Niggas like that. Who was he gonna pass it to? Who the fuck was Kobe gonna pass it to? So it's like niggas don't give Kobe his credit because they want to bring up efficiency and stuff like that. When this whole efficiency shit. this whole I'm sorry, damn, I can't even say that shit two times in a row. This whole efficiency shit. Didn't really become a huge argument until later parts of Kobe's career. That's when niggas was really trying to dismiss him from being the best player in the world and just give it to LeBron James. That's when start started bringing up his whole field goal percentage and shit like that. But it's like, nigga, he's not a better scorer than Kobe Bryant. He's Kobe, Kevin Durant is just not a better scorer than Kobe Bryant. He's just not. Kobe Bryant is lethal, deadly. Kobe Bryant not stopping. Kobe Bryant is not stopping. Kevin Durant is not a player that's just going to keep busting your ass and keep going for your throat. He's just not that dude. Now, is he going to get 30 points easy? Hell yeah. But he's not going to go out there and just and kill you. He's not and going to take the soul, out, uh, the soul out your chest. That's not Kevin Durant. He's not a killer like that. That's not act like he's a Kobe Bryant type killer, a Michael Jordan type killer. He's not like that. He's not like that. All I've ever seen, all I've ever heard was from uh, Stephen A. Smith. On, on first take is about how Kevin Durant, does he don't have the mindset to just go full throttle all, all, all fucking game. He just don't. Kevin Durant, he not that type of player. And I say he not a killer, but he not a, a psycho, a psycho maniac killer like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Who, nigga, I'm going to drop 70 points on your ass because I can. Not 30 points and then let my team know. I'm going to drop 70 points on your ass because I can. I'm going to drop 69. I'm going to drop 81 points because I can. KD ain't did that shit. He not built like that, and that's that's totally fine. That's totally motherfucking fine. But when you go down to the career highs of what people then scored, you look at Will Chamberlain. He scored hundred points, man. Whether or not you believe it or not, after me seeing Giannis make all those free throws, I believe in them because they said Will Chamberlain hit hella free throws to score hundred points. I didn't believe in, so I just seen Giannis go eighteen for nineteen or some shit during the finals. Jordan career high was sixty nine. Kobe Bryant, 81 points. James Harden, career high, 61 points. Elgin Baylor was 71 points. David Robinson had 70 points. So it's like niggas, I, it, it's been niggas that have walked this face of the earth, that have went through the NBA, that have got busy either just like Kevin Durant or even more than Kevin Durant. So when you talk talking about the top five scores of all time, my top five scores of all time, the list is pretty simple. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, my top five scores of all time, it goes from Kareem, that's one. Kobe is two for me. Jordan is three. And I got Steph at four. I don't, I, I don't think people really give, credit, uh, give Steph the credit he really deserves when it comes to being a scorer. Um, And I got Wilt Chamberlain at my fifth spot. And I understand, and I got KD at number six, bro. So my list goes down from Kareem, Kobe, Jordan, Steph, and Wilt. And I got KD at six. Now... I know people probably gonna have a, a problem with the whole um, Steph Curry. Um, I, I just don't think people really give Steph his credit that he really deserved. That man, he changed the game. You got to guard that man. As soon as he cross half court, you don't have to guard Kevin Durant like that. And also, he don't need to he don't need to dribble the ball as much as Kevin Durant to get his shots off. And also, I just think that he does everything that Kevin Durant does. He's just not seven foot. I just that's truly how I feel. Um, Will Chamberlain, I mean, you can't really argue with Will Chamberlain, fam. I do understand that niggas going to say he's going against some small-ass niggas, but the proof is in the pudding, fam. That nigga dropped 50 points 118 times. Like, come on, man. I don't give a fuck who he's going against. He dropped 50 points 118 times. And I don't think niggas can really argue with the Kareem aspect. Kareem got the only unstoppable move in NBA history. I think niggas just don't talk about Kareem because it's not sexy enough. We in the age of where wingman and swingman are the are the go-to guys, the, the, the golden child, the whole Jordan era ever since then it's just been it's just been swing man and, and, and wing defenders and shit like that. Niggas that play on perimeter. Big man really don't never get the credit they truly deserve. When you talk about the greatest basketball player of all time, it's not even close, as Kareem Abdul Jabbar. From high school to college to the NBA, like nobody's ever performed at that high of a level for the entire of their basketball career like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's, it's not even fucking close. But like I said, I, I got the whole Kobe and Jordan. I mean, you can swap that however you want to go. I'm always going to take Kobe over Jordan because that's who I grew up watching. Although I know what Jordan was and what Jordan did, and without Jordan, there would not be a Kobe. I understand that. But I, I grew up watching Kobe fam, and I feel like Kobe was a was a better was a better shooter overall, and he was better at making the tougher shots. So I gotta put him over Jordan just because of that. But those are my top five greatest scores of all time, fam. I got KD at six. You know what I'm saying? I I don't think that's a I don't think that's a knock, and I don't truly really think that Kevin Durant would have himself as the greatest score of all time. I, I look at Kevin Durant, as somebody who knows the game, who, who who appreciates the history of the game. And understands that no nigga, it was niggas like Kareem, Kobe, Jordan, and 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 Wilt that came out there. Now, whether or not he'll say he's better than Steph, that's you know, that's debatable. They come around the same era around the same time. But I think when you got the greatest shooter of all time, he has to be up there, bro. He has to. He is he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's efficient as fuck, 50-40-90 club on the regular. Like there, there, there's nothing you can really say to really knock Steph Curry down on my list. Like if you want to give, you want to say KD is better than Wilt. I probably you have a better chance because I, I'll have to think about who Wilt was going against and Wilt wasn't, you know, what I'm saying shooting jumpers and shit like that. But I'm not putting him over Steph Curry, bro. I, I'm just not doing that, bro. I, I can't do that and I won't do that. I can't even entertain that. Sh- I can't even entertain that thought because I think Steph Curry is just that fucking lethal. I think when it's all said and done, on the NBA history and what motherfuckers gonna be talking about. I think you, you you can't talk about the game of basketball without talking about Steph Curry. You just can't. It's certain niggas in this game that you just can't. You gotta talk about when they talk about basketball and the evolution of basketball, the history of basketball, and the prominent figures in basketball. You have to talk about Stephen Curry, bro. Like it's 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 it's, it's crazy what he's done. And he came and, and and took nigga shine, took nigga spot. He really did all that shit in like a seven year time frame, a seven year eight year time frame, and it's truly fucking phenomenal what Steph Curry has done. It, it's not even you, I don't even think niggas truly understand what Steph has done because niggas haven't really been giving him his credit for that. Like niggas ain't really gave Steph his credit for being literally the second greatest point guard of all time. Already. Steph is already the second greatest point guard of all time. Like that's that's a that's saying a lot, bro. That's that's saying a fucking lot. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> But um, moving on, man. You know, let's get to the uh, the quick hitters, bro, we wrap the podcast up, man. Let's get to the quickest way we wrap this bitch up, man, so we can get it out of here, bro. I feel like I've been doing this shit all motherfucking me day, bro. I've been trying to record this podcast for at least five hours, bro, and it's just been difficult as fuck. <laughs> uh, so let's get to the quickest way we wrap this motherfucker up, man. Uh, let's get to the crate challenge, man. Everybody been doing this shit, man. This crate challenge shit is some of the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life, bro. It, it truly is a monkey-see-monkey-do-ass world. Like, I never understood what motherfuckers enjoy about hurting themselves. Like, it's, it, it, it's one thing to see some shit on your phone and be laughing at that shit. But the moment you say, oh, I got to do this shit, it's something wrong with you. <laughs> like, motherfuckers is getting seriously hurt doing this crate challenge shit. I'm seeing motherfuckers break their arms, break their leg. I seen a motherfucker. They said, this, this lady died said lady die. They doing this shit on concrete, fam. These motherfuckers doing this shit on concrete. On concrete. Like, it's it it's, it's truly is some of the wildest shit I've ever seen in my motherfucking life. To so where you see grown-ass people. Grown-ass people. Going outside, walking up and down stacks of crates for entertainment. That's how you know motherfuckers was in the house going crazy. This COVID shit got motherfuckers losing their minds. To where they thought walking up and down stacks of crates was entertaining. That shit not fun. I expect little kids to do that shit. I'm seeing grown ass adults in their 30s and their 40s. Old motherfuckers doing this shit. Motherfuckers saying you win $1,000 for walking up a stack of crates. You know how much your hospital bill going to be once you fall and bust your ass? Like, I don't think motherfuckers is truly thinking about what they risking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers ain't even thinking about this shit at all. Like I said, this motherfuckers doing this challenge on concrete. On concrete. Doing it on grass alone is dangerous as fuck. But on concrete, motherfuckers is doing this shit? Like, it blows my mind, fam, to see grown motherfuckers truly participate in these challenges that's meant for kids. Like, all this shit that these kids be starting... It be blowing my mind when I see grown ass adults doing this shit and, and smiling from ear to ear, showing all 32 teeth as they falling from a stack of fucking crates stacked down there 10 feet high, busting they fucking ass and getting up cheese and shit, wanting to go again. It's the craziest shit in the world. It really lets you know, like, I'm scared to know where the fuck is coming next. I what the, the next challenge is gonna be crazy because it's gonna take some motherfuckers to die. For this shit to really fizzle the fuck out, yeah, it truly motherfucking is, man. Uh, real shit. Uh, moving on. Uh Kendrick. We got some Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar music coming away, the man. Uh, they say he on the Baby King song that's coming out tomorrow on Thursday. Once this podcast is dropped. that song should be out called Family Tie. Uh, I believe they cousins or some shit like that. I don't really know. I'm not too big of a big on on, on Baby King. I don't really know too much of the music, but I'm a huge K-Dot fan, bro. And niggas been waiting on K-Dot to drop something. Years, like for years. I know he came out, um, well, like a, probably two, three days ago with a post on his on his social media about this being his last album on TDE and things of that nature. Um, uh, he' been with TDE for seventeen motherfucking years. That's a long ass time to be with somebody and then ultimately just leave them. Now, Grant, I don't think it's no bad blood or nothing like that, but I think K Dot, I, I hate to say it, bro, but I think K might be retiring, fam. Like I know it was some talk that came out like a year ago. No, like two years ago, I'm sorry. It was about like K-Dot, Kendrick, and just other big, big, uh big um artists like Rihanna, K-Dot, Kendrick, and other artists like that. So they were saying like they were going to drop one more album and possibly retire. And motherfuckers didn't, motherfuckers weren't really believing it. And I know when, when uh J. Cole motherfuckers kind of believe that this may be his last album, but we know that's not, that's not the case. He got at least another one, um, coming up after that shit, um. But with Kendrick, when you didn't hear Kendrick for like four years, like he wasn't making no 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 uh you know no features no none of that shit, it was like what the fuck is going on with K Dot? And then with this whole statement about this being his last album on TDE, it makes me think like okay, when is is K Dot almost hanging this shit up? Because it wouldn't surprise me he got the he got the personality of a nigga that do some shit like that, and his and his his music catalog is classic at the classic at the classic at the classic. So. If any nigga had the right to retire when they just wanted to, it would be K-Dot. Like, out of all these new niggas, well, not new niggas. Man, they've been on the game for like 10, 12 years now. But out of them type of niggas, it wouldn't surprise me that K-Dot retired. He's, he's the most talented. And, it's, and it's, the way he went about his whole career the whole time, he never got out his own lane. So it wouldn't surprise me if K-Dot retired. I hope he don't. But I'm just happy that we got K-Dot music on the way. Album is coming soon. It's been reports that he was in LA shooting music videos and shit like that. So I'm just happy. It's around that time. It's, it's, it's that time, bro, when niggas need real music. Niggas been thirsty for Kendrick Lamar, bro. Like, niggas been making the same song for the last couple years, bro. It's been to the point where niggas been bobbing their head hella hard to Young Thug release the same song over and over and over again. Like, not fuck with Thug, but let's keep it a buck. He's been releasing the same fucking song for two years now. And ain't nobody said shit. <laughs> He literally put a song out with to called Ski and Surf. That's the same fucking song. And nobody said shit. <laughs> nobody said a goddamn thing because music, niggas just been dying for new music, some good music. And niggas been fiending for K-Dot. Now you finna feed the streets, bro. So I can't wait for that shit, man. Real talk. I'm um, moving on. Let's get into the Curry family, bro. It's, it's going down, Curry family, bro. The first family of the NBA, bro, it's really going down. It came out that Sonya... Um, Sonia, uh, Curry, she filed for divorce f- uh, from Dale Curry, um, uh, which is Steph Curry fucking father, of course, but more, more news came out about that. Um, Dale Curry actually came out and said that Sonia Curry cheated on him with the ex NFL player. Now, the only reason why I'm truly bringing this up is because the NBA has done one of those, one of those things to where. They made sure to let you know that the Currys were basically the first family of the NBA. You got Dale Curry, who played in the NBA. His son, Steph Curry, and and Seth Curry was always around when he played in the NBA. And now they both in the NBA. They both some damn good players. Steph Curry's one of the all-time greats. Seth Curry has made a name of his his own these last couple years. They're some of the best three-point shooters ever, all three of them, Dale Curry, Steph Curry, and Seth Curry. Um, Hell, Seth Curry shoot a better percentage than Steph, you know what I'm saying? But obviously, what we know it's because he don't shoot as much as Steph. But it's like they have done a good job of marketing that family as the first family of the NBA. You got you got their daughter, um, you got the daughter of uh Dale Curry, who be dating all the motherfucking um NBA, she be dating NBA players and shit like that. Um, so it just it was just a good it was just a good look for them. You got Aisha, you got the you got Steph bringing his kids to the post game uh, interviews and and all that shit. It was just a good look, and the NBA has done a good job in accepting that, accepting what the fuck they got there and running with it. So when you fast forward, then now you see this. It, it's a divorce being filed. You got cheating rumors coming out. It's like damn. <laughs> it 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 just makes you it just makes you think like it don't matter what you do, bro. It don't matter who you are. Family business and family drama, everybody go through the same shit. Like, it don't matter how much money you got. It don't matter how, how big your house is, how many cars you got. It don't matter about none of that shit, how how, how, how much ice you got in your chain. That shit don't matter, bro. Because at the end of the day, everybody go through the same shit. If you got loved ones, we all go through the same shit. Like Steph Curry is going through some shit to where it's, it's publicly known that his parents is going through some bullshit it's publicly known his his mom was out here creeping on his pops. Like it's out there now. And, and it could be a huge story, but that shit happens in every household, fam. It truly does. Now, do I think the NBA is gonna keep marketing them as the as the motherfucking me uh the, the, the family of the NBA? I doubt it. <laughs> Pro- probably not gonna show the mom and pops on the, on the on the bigs on the on the Megatron anymore. But at the end of the day, bro, shit happens, fam. I think, it's, I think after I seen Steph Curry still go out there and perform after his wife was on social media complaining about not being loved by other men, after I seen him still go out there and perform through that shit, I ain't, ain't shit finna bother Steph Curry, bro. <laughs> like, like Once I seen Steph Curry still go out there and shoot 50, 40, 90, and his wife wanted the attention of niggas like me, I was like, this nigga mentally tough. <laughs> this nigga mentally tough. So I have to go against LeBron on Tuesday, you know what I'm saying, Russ on Wednesday, Dame on Thursday, and your wife drop a news a news bomb like that on Friday. I mean, that nigga still, he gotta be one mentally tough motherfucker to still go out there and perform. <laughs> Real shit. So I, I think that's just one of those things that motherfuckers gotta not try to blow up too big. Like at the end of the day, bro, like I said, bro, we all go through the same shit. We all we all go through the same shit. And whether or not that woman was creeping on her on, on Dale Curry. It, it really ain't our business, fam. I, I'm not surprised. Just because I'm not surprised. Like you, I'm never surprised when the motherfuckers was getting was getting cheated on. Not in 2021. I say it don't matter what the how long you've been knowing somebody, how much money you got, what you provide for that person. If a motherfucker want to want to cheat on you, bro, they gonna cheat on you, fam. Motherfuckers find a reason to leave your ass. Real talk. Uh, <laughs> moving on, man. Um, what we got? We got Herschel Walker. Uh, I talked about Herschel Walker on this rep- on this podcast um, a few episodes ago. He is announcing he's running for U.S. Senate out there in Georgia. Uh, I think it's important for motherfuckers out there in Georgia to understand what Herschel Walker stands for. <laughs> Cause I came remember and told you Herschel Walker don't believe in giving black people reparations, and he, he trying to run for U.S. Senate in Georgia. It's a lot of niggas in Georgia. <laughs> it's a lot of niggas in Georgia, fam. So I think before motherfuckers go out there and just vote for Herschel Walker because he a former NFL star, you know he, he a known name, he an a A-list celebrity and shit like that, before you vote for that man, you better make sure you know exactly what he out there uh, preaching and what he believe in because that nigga don't believe in giving niggas money. <laughs> it's as simple as that. He do not believe in giving niggas money. And I think that's one thing you take into consideration before you vote for that man, real talk. Because I made one of – to me, I'll be honest before I move on, I'd rather vote for the white dude that don't want to give me no money than vote for the black dude that don't want to give me no money. I'm sorry, bro. I like nigga, if we black, bro. You gotta want to help a nigga out. <laughs> like if you black and don't want to help a nigga out, you almost worse than the white dude. Because I expect the white dude doesn't want to help me out. But when the black dude don't want to help you out, yeah, bro. We might have to rough that nigga up. <laughs> Real fucking talk, man. <laughs> um. Last one before we get up out of here, man. News came out right before I press record on this podcast, bro. On Ron Jeremy has been indicted on more than thirty counts of sexual assault stemming from uh, allegations made by more than twenty women, um, that span the last quarter century. Uh, it's crazy, bro. Ron Jeremy was a porn star. I don't be understanding, like, what are you doing? You are your job is to fuck beautiful women. How do you take it too far with that? Your job is to fuck. Beautiful women on the reg. Raw. <laughs> You're getting raw sex from bad bitches on the reg and you still going too crazy? You still crossing the motherfucking line? Like, to think a nigga got more than 30 counts of sexual assault from over 20 women that spanned over a quarter century. That you, you I mean you've been a nasty, freaky nigga for a long motherfucking time. A, for a long motherfucking time. I just think about it, bro. 15, 20 years ago. Did motherfuckers think we'll see a day where we seen R. Kelly and Ron Jeremy in, 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 in prison? Damn. <laughs> motherfuckers got R. Kelly and Ron Jeremy in prison, fam. The world is moving on. Hey, man. The world is moving on, dog. <laughs> like, motherfuckers is moving on to the to bigger and better things when you see Ron Jeremy and R. Kelly in, in prison. Because you talking about two nasty niggas who all my life, all my motherfucking life, two niggas that I always felt with some sick motherfuckers was R. Kelly and Ron Jeremy. And to think that both these niggas is in prison now? God damn, boy. The world is moving on to bigger and better things, bro. I fuck with this shit. <laughs> I fuck with this shit, bro. I ain't gonna fake it. Because I I... I, I I never thought I'd see the day, bro. I never thought I'd see the day where, I, where Ron Jeremy, nasty ass, was getting was really going to jail. I, I always thought about that, nigga, but I never thought I'd see the day where it actually came to fruition, bro. So, it, it just lets me know, bro. It's, it's more to come. There's going to be some more nasty niggas that we, we always thought some nasty, creepy ass niggas who finna get their ass uh, locked up in the future, too. Because Ron Jeremy, that was his job. His job was to fuck. Bad bitches on the red. He was a porn star. He was fucking everybody. So I, I want to know what the fuck was you doing? <laughs> like, honestly, what the fuck was you doing, my boy, to where they took that shit the wrong way? That's what you were there for. Like, how? what What type of nasty nigga are you? So where you can fuck eight women in, in, in two hours and still have the energy and have the mindset to want to go take some shit from a woman. Like that's crazy to me, dog. That's crazy. Like I look, man, that's crazy. That's enough, man. I don't even want to talk about that's nasty. I can't I'm 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 trying to think about what the fuck this nigga was possibly doing to 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 have these type of things come up because it had to be some super crazy wild shit. I ain't wanna read the articles and, and read the paperwork. I ain't wanna read the shit because it was I i it just has to be some super Disgusting shit, bro. It just has to be, man. <laughs> Real shit. But uh, fuck, man. Let me see. That's all we got, right? Yeah, let's get out this motherfucker. Man, I've been this motherfucker all motherfucking day, boy. I'm trying to get the fuck out this bitch. <laughs> but um, you know, man. I want to say shout out to everybody, man, supporting the podcast on all platforms, bro. I truly appreciate it, bro. Um, this week was a rough week, bro. I ain't gonna fake it, bro. Trying to get this episode out, man. I was in this motherfucker trying to do this shit for like three hours before I actually got any content done for you guys, man. So I want to say shout-out to everybody, man. has been tapping in, joining this conversation, supporting the podcast. I do this shit for y'all, man. Like, if it wasn't for y'all, I probably wouldn't have recorded this episode. Like, honestly, I was in this motherfucker going crazy. Feel like I was go- feel like I was losing my mind, but I was like, nah, bro. It's motherfuckers who really, who really look out for this episode, for this podcast every, every week to come out, and they really be fucking with the kid, bro. So I wanted to make sure I did this shit for y'all, man um so i want to say once again shout out to y'all man thank y'all for tapping in, joining the conversation let's keep building this empire brick by brick um rate review subscribe to the podcast on all platforms google apple podcast spotify audio mac um you watch us on until fn youtube channel like i said subscribe ring that bell leave a comment all that goofy shit from youtubers be saying man i truly appreciate all the support man i'm gonna come back on for y'all each and every week but we're on the ground on hunt this shit don't motherfucking stop man um and you know I give it up on this side, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's all of these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the main thing the main thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And I'll let y'all next week, man. I'm out this motherfucker. Peace.